Thanks for tuning in to the Prime Bookseller Podcast, the bi-weekly podcast discussing all things Amazon bookselling. Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of Prime Bookselling. This is Eric. And we're back again. We're into our second episode of book sourcing, which is going to cover online book sourcing. And generally, if you're not familiar with that terminology, what that means is you're uh, most people that do this, they leverage a piece of software that's available for a subscription, and that software will typically help you find books that sell higher to, on, on Amazon's FBA program. If you remember back to the episode where we talked about the Prime Book Bump, it would be a book that would would fall into the category of having a large bump from Prime to MFN, and people will buy the MFN book and sell it it's to ship it into Amazon Prime and sell it at that higher price and make a, a profit off the difference. And there is a lot of controversy around, and I think we talked about this in the Prime Book Bump episode, of whether this system actually does work. Basically, my not my entire existence of selling on Amazon, but most of my existence of selling on Amazon, I have utilized this bump as a critical piece of my business. And Pretty sure that if this didn't exist, it didn't work. I don't have any hard data that can prove that it does work, but I'm pretty sure that if it didn't work, to some extent, um, I would not be in business anymore. So as far as that goes, I think it is safe to assume that this is a safe way to run a business. That said, we're going to talk about two different softwares that are kind of the flagship softwares that do this type of sourcing for you. And I'm going to kind of concentrate on why I don't like them. Those two softwares are called Zen Arbitrage and in eFlip. These are, the, I think, the two biggest ones. There are other ones out there. Um, I know that I've seen a software called FlipMine that has surfaced recently. And then I believe there's another one called Master Book Flippers. That they're all based on the same concept as these other softwares. I really have no experience with Master Book Flippers or Flipmine. They both could be incredible because I've never used them. But I have used Tactical Arbitrage, or I'm sorry, not Tactical Arbitrage. That's something different. But I have used Zen Arbitrage and eFlip. And what I didn't like about them is, simply put this, is that these softwares are built for to support thousands and thousands of users. And I feel like if they optimize this software to work as the best way it possibly could to make it as easy as possible to find profitable books, then they would never be able to support the amount of subscribers they need to be able to run the software. Or they would have to just charge an exuberant amount to have access to the software. So like most of these softwares, I think are $97 a month right now. And they would probably have to cut their subscriber base in half to to be able to support if they would write this software right and make it super easy for you to find books. They would have to cut. They would be not able to support half the users on it because all the books would just be gone. So these softwares are written to make it possible to find these books, but there's things that they do to make it harder to find the books than it needs to be. I have never liked these softwares because I am a cheap guy and at $97 a month, the software's got to do something pretty incredible or be something that's just crucial to my business to to not 
to have it. Like it, it would have to be absolutely end all be all type software that I just can't get around not using. And none of these softwares ever felt fell into that bill because I just I'm not the type of guy that has the time to sit around for eight hours a day, source and maybe if I'm lucky find fifty books that are good. While I will tell you that there is value in this type of sourcing. I will tell you that most of the out-of-box systems, there are people that make them work and they do very well with them. I think that there's much easier ways to do it. What we actually did at Kings Ridge Media is we figured out, we looked at basically how these softwares worked and we figured out a way to run the report, run a report that gives back similar information as to what these softwares are, are looking at to find profitable books and at a much higher success rate. And so that and that's where the birth of our Amazon lead list came, came from is because we realized that, wow, we can, and I've actually sent these lists to other booksellers and other booksellers say, yeah, even booksellers that have used these softwares say these lists work a lot better. And I just think it's because it's, filtering out a lot of the crap that you see in these softwares that try try to that are making it harder for you to find these good books. While I think this business model is very can be very profitable and people should look at, at it, I just want them to realize that the out of box software packages that while they work, they're not optimal and I think it's better for you Maybe maybe play around with those softwares, see if you like this type of sourcing, but then look at what those softwares are doing and try to figure out a way that you can do it more efficiently. And if you do that, this is a very, very good scalable way of sourcing books. But I just think that with that, those softwares, they're too limiting. You have to find a faster way to do it. And like I said, we do have these lead lists. I think these lead lists are about as good as they're going to get. It's important for you to realize they're not perfect because it's just not possible. Zen Arbitrage can't make it perfect. Eflip can't make it perfect. And unfortunately, I can't make it perfect either. But I do think that, it, that you'll have a much better result with them and they're much more affordable. And what I really, really, really like about this business model is from what I can tell, from what I have done with these with this online sourcing business model, this is infinitely scalable. If you take, if you look at Amazon, and actually when I do this, I don't typically source through Amazon because typically books are more expensive on Amazon. So I'll buy the books from eBay instead. But if you look at it, there will be a never ending supply of books. As soon as you buy out everything you think that is profitable, you could just take another one of our lead lists and go back and source it and you'll find it. You'll find just as many books again that fall within your criteria to buy. So where we talked about in the previous episode with the thrift store sourcing, there's a there's a cap on that. It's 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 a struggle. If you're not bringing in employees, it's going to be virtually impossible to really scale that business. With this method, there is no end. And maybe you need to find employees to help you source all the books because obviously you still have to go to these sites and buy the books and have them shipped to you. The beauty of it is is that it's all done online. You can hire VAs to do this, which will cost you $3 an hour to have them do it in many instances. 
So it's a lot cheaper of a way to scale. And the lead list will never run out of books. I mean, I it, probably if you sold these lead lists to thousands and thousands and thousands of people and they were all just buying and buying and buying, eventually you might tap it out. But for the most part, as soon as I get done with one lead list and I generate another lead list, there's plenty of new leads on it. It's a never-ending supply of books. With that, I don't really have much to add to this inventory sourcing model. I do do recommend everybody look into it. I just my biggest caution with you on this is that now again I will say that the software does work that you can get out there. I just don't think it's optimal. And I would say that if you want to sign up for one of these softwares and start with one of these softwares to get a feel of how this method of sourcing works, by all means do it. But realize that at some point in time, you might want to look at getting off this software and getting a more optimal way of finding these books because I do think that for a minimal cost, you can figure out a better way to to find these books and these softwares to do and not be competing with everybody over the books, basically. So with that, and I also want to make be very clear, so in the book sourcing in the thrift store episode, I laid out that criteria of what I source for books. So I'll just lay that criteria out again in this episode, which is if I'm sourcing FBA books, I'm looking for a $10 profit and a 2 million average ASR on every book I buy. That's that's all I do when I'm sourcing. And that system works. Most other booksellers will tell you to to make a system that's far, far, far more confusing than that. And you can do that if you want, but I've compared myself to other sellers that have that far, far, far more confusing system where they integrate Keepa charts and all this stuff into their sourcing. And I have found I didn't do better than every one of them. I didn't do worse than every one of them, but I was right in line with every one of them. And I figure my sourcing method is stupid easy and anybody can do it. And if they're not really picking up any extra value from making their sourcing method super complex, my recommendation to you would be don't waste your time with it. Again, like I said, anybody else you talk to about book selling will probably tell you that these keep a charts and things are absolutely required for book sourcing. You have to take it from, I'm, the, I'm an anomaly. I'm telling you no. Everybody else is telling you yes. Who's right? You have to decide. As far as the the criteria, two million FBA, ten dollar profit, MFN, three and a half million, ten dollar profit. And I always recommend that if you're not getting enough books using that criteria, adjust your profits either up or down. If you want more books, drop it down a little bit. If you want less books, raise the profit up a little bit. That's all I ever do for book sourcing, and it it has always worked for me. I've it has never failed for me. So, uh, with that, I'll wrap this episode up. As always, if you have questions, you can reach out to sales at kingsridgemedia.com, and also check out the links in the show notes. We do have multiple programs, like I mentioned, the one with the Amazon lead list. That's kind of a 
that's our online sourcing solution for people. And that basically distributes a list to you once a month or once a week, I'm sorry, that that just gives you possible books you can source off of eBay to sell on Amazon. Great little tool. We also have other sourcing programs that directly connect into our suppliers, which is where pretty much 99% of our books at this point in time come from come for our business. And you can connect into them and get get a hold of some of those books. We have two versions of that, two flavors. We have the manual version where you get a spreadsheet with all the books that the supplier has. And then we have another program that's automated where you just sit down with one of a member of our team and set up a criteria of what you're looking for in every book you order. And we only order in books that match that criteria and send them into FDA for you. So if you're interested in either of those programs, feel free, reach out sales at Kingsridge Media, or follow those links in the show notes and you can book a call with me and we can sit down and see how we can help you out with those programs. With that, I'll wrap this episode up. Again, thank everybody for tuning in. We'll see you on the next one. Thanks for listening to the Prime Bookseller Podcast. Join us for the next episode as we discuss all things Amazon bookselling. Selling.